Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here and I'm really pumped for you to hear this interview with Amy. I really love being able to have guests on the podcast that I actually know in person. For those of you who don't know, I injured my pinky about a year ago when I was living in Salt Lake and it was definitely something, an injury that I knew was probably inevitable because I just kept pushing, kept pushing it. It was sore. It was something that I was like, oh, okay, like, it's totally fine. I'll just keep, you know, maybe it'll go away. It definitely did not go away. It got worse. It ended up in me rupturing my volar plate in my pinky, and I believe also spraining a pulley. I went to see Dr. Amy, and I was able to actually climb through the entire injury. I came up with the hashtag nine-fingered ninja. So, if you're following me from last summer, you might have seen me climbing with nine fingers, and for me, I was somebody that's like, oh, I don't think I use my pinky that much. It's totally fine. But turns out you uh, you actually use your pinkies a lot more than you think you do. And once you have an injured one, it definitely changes things around a lot. But I'm really thankful that I was able to go in and see Dr. Amy and get her help on everything using testing metrics. She also introduced tapping to me as well, which we talk about in this episode. And one thing that I really love about her, and I mention it in the episode and in the interview with her, is how she really does take a holistic approach to injuries and to pain. I think so often we are really quick to just be like, oh, it hurts, let's fix it. And we just focus on that specific area of the body, but we don't address the mind, we don't address our environment. There's so many things that we leave untouched, and it's kind of like we're trying to like put this huge band-aid on like this open fire hydrant and it's just not working. We just need to take a different approach. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this interview. I really think you're going to take a lot from it. We talk about everything from posture to knowing when you need to go in to see somebody about an injury and things that you can do to prevent injuries as well. We talk about brain rewiring. It's such a great conversation. Okay, some updates for you. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, which is going to be August 5th, holy shit, it's August. I can't believe it. This year is absolutely flying by. The air quality here in Spokane is not great. This kind of happens every year in the Pacific Northwest. So for me, I'm kind of shifting, climbing outside a lot to more indoor training, getting back into things, uh, really waiting for bouldering season to come back around. It was a fun summer on ropes and I'll still probably continue to climb on ropes some, but bouldering right now, my true love. It's something that I really look forward to every day. Those fall days spent outside in Leavenworth, oh, they're so, so good. Makes me really thankful that I still have an apartment there as well. Other updates, if you are on the waitlist for Synergy, this is my 12-week brain rewiring program. You can actually go apply now, which is so exciting. If you're not on the waitlist yet, I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can hop on it. You'll receive an email with an application, and until the 13th of August, you get 
$400 off, you secure a bonus group call and you get immediate access to the program, which is super exciting. I literally cannot wait for Synergy to start again. I've been talking about brain rewiring for months now because literally I just can't wait to get the second round of this program started. We get started on September 13th, which is just about six weeks from now. So you do have a little bit of time to still apply, but if you want the $400 off, I would definitely make sure that you get your application in before the 13th. It's super important to me that I offer discounts for this program. So if you're wondering what exactly Brain Rewiring is, maybe you're newer to the show or you just haven't heard a lot about it, Brain Rewiring is identifying the negative patterns and pathways that are keeping us stuck with where we're at, whether that is in, you know, a shitty job, a relationship that you don't really like, your life just isn't where you thought it would be by this time. Brain rewiring offers a way to rewire the neural pathways via things like meditation, thought shifting, inner child healing, shadow work, trauma healing. There's so many different components of brain rewiring all wrapped up into this one program. It's a highly supportive group of women. Yep, this one is women only. I want to make sure that this is a very safe environment where people feel very comfortable practicing being vulnerable, comfortable sharing and connecting with others. And it's really important to me too that everybody feels like they have a voice, that they're seen, they're heard, they're held, they're loved. And I'm so excited to get this started again. Brain rewiring for me, literally, it changed my entire life. It changed. There's not a single area or aspect of my life that I can think of that does that was not affected by me going through brain rewiring. I'm seriously so thankful that I did. I make more money in my business. I have better relationships. I manifested my dream guy. I'm able to climb harder. My mindset's better. I have body acceptance. There's so many different benefits and I literally cannot wait to share them with you. So over the next couple of weeks as well, I'll be sharing more interviews from clients that have gone through Synergy. I'm also going to be sharing a couple of very vulnerable podcast episodes about my experience with brain rewiring. And if you haven't yet, I have a ton of other episodes on brain rewiring. You can just scroll back through on iTunes or Spotify and find those episodes and learn a lot more about it. Again, if you're on the waitlist for Synergy or you haven't joined the waitlist yet, you can go apply now. You can click that link in the show notes and get on the waitlist. You'll get the application. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can send questions my way via email. That's chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com or on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. I am again. Literally can't wait for this program to get started. I've already gotten a ton of amazing applications. I know this round is going to be filled with just the most incredible women, and I can't wait to get them started on this ultra transformative journey. Other updates from me, if you've been waiting for business stuff to come back, I am cooking up some stuff for, I think, October, November, so stay tuned for that. I really, in my business right now, like to focus on one thing at a time. It feels really good for me to be able to put full energy into the things that I'm doing, so if you're here for the business content, we'll start shifting back into that in a little bit, but right now, it's all about the brain rewiring. Okay, I can't wait for you guys to get into this interview with Dr. Amy. Here she is. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Dr. Amy Fruget here. She is a doctor of physical therapy and I actually went and saw her when I lived in Salt Lake and had a pinky injury. So I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. Today we're going to talk all about climbing injuries and I think we're going to get into some really interesting topics. So for my audience that might not know you, go ahead and introduce yourself. 
Hello, Lady Beta audience. I am one of you because Chelsea is just wonderful. Um, and like Chelsea said, I am a doctor of physical therapy. Um, I have a clinic of my own called Converge Physical Therapy in Salt Lake City. Um, and I treat a lot of climbers um, and a lot of mountain athletes in general. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to you about how your climbing injuries most likely don't come from climbing and how there's evidence to back it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like, yeah, you just opened up this huge can of worms and now we're all on the edge of our seats. So let's go ahead and get into this. So when was kind of the first time that you noticed, oh, okay, maybe they don't necessarily, these injuries happen during climbing? Um, oh gosh, the first time I, um, I can literally like seven just popped into my head. Um, <laughs> but I guess, um, you know, there's, there's two sources that can really, um, I guess, support this conversation. And the first is that, um, you know, what we do all throughout our day. So let's say that you climb, you know, four days a week and you climb for a couple hours, that's eight hours in your work week. And so if you compare the eight hours or I'm sorry, in your total week. So if you compare like eight hours of climbing to the number of hours in a week, that's not a lot. And yes, like we put an intense load on our, on our tendons and our joints and our body and things like that. But what you do outside of climbing is so much more impactful to your body, uh, i.e. posture, i.e. work from home, i.e. sitting at a desk, um, you know, whatever your job is. Um, and so I guess for, you know, a specific example, I, um, once lockdown happened and people weren't going out and climbing and, you know, leaving homes and whatever. Um, I remember I was like, you know, working virtually and on my laptop all the time. And I would be, you know, showing people different movement PTYs and stuff over, uh, over the computer, but everything I was doing was on the laptop. And I remember one day feeling the same pain in one of my fingers that I had, I had torn this pulley in Waco tanks in like, I don't know, 2010 or something. So like a, an injury that literally hasn't even like bothered me one iota, like no, even like weakness or anything from 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden I like have the same finger pain and I was like, what the heck? And I was all like irritated. Like, this is ridiculous. All I've been, like, and I didn't even have a hangboard with me at the time. Cause I like went to stay with my partner and, um, and I just brought my rock rings and a pull up bar for the door. And that's all I had. And I was not doing enough to like, you know, injure me. And I was like, what the heck? So then I was like, okay, this is either like postural because I'm sitting on a laptop all the time or it's stress because of, you know, lockdown and life and everything else. So, um, yeah, between like how we sit, how we spend our day posturally, um, and and then our stress levels, our anxiety levels, things like that. Like those are the two main corporates for, um, for pain and, and injuries. Right. Oh, there's so many directions I want to go. And I think one of the things that I love the most about you is you really do take this holistic approach to getting better with climbing. It's like, okay, yes, we're going to do the exercises, but you do bring in the stress part. And I think it's super important because for me, when I was doing a lot of climbing coaching, everybody was like, oh, but I just want to train. I just, you know, I'm going to get stronger and I'm going to train. And I was like, but wait, there's like nutrition and mindset and there's so <laughs> many different aspects. And yeah. 
Talk to me a little bit more about this stress piece of the injury. So I think it's, you know, it's hard for people sometimes, even me, because it's, it's intangible. You know, we can't necessarily like measure it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's so much research and evidence right now going into, um, pain science and, um, the abbreviation is P and E pain neuroscience education, um, and literally educating people on how pain occurs is enough to decrease somebody's pain. And so an example I use a lot with my patient, with my patients, which is, um, from, uh, Lorimer Mosley, um, who's a infamous pain science researcher, um, is okay. If you were to, I'm sorry, Adrian Lowe, the two of them, I have books by both of them, but I think this example was from Adrian Lowe anyway. Um, okay. So if you were to step on a rusty nail, would you want to know about it? Maybe. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's say that you don't want to know that you stepped on a rusty nail, then like you get tetanus and then you can't climb and you can't put your climbing shoe on. So like, you know, there's complications and like definite, you know, snowball effect of Mm -hmm. stepping on a rusty nail. So (laughs) if you stepped on a rusty nail, Chelsea, would you want to know about it? Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She shakes her head. Yes. Great. And, (laughs) um, how would you know about it? Ow. Definitely. Yeah, pain, yep. Right. Immediately. Yep. Yeah. So pain is a good thing then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pain alerts our body to, um, you know, to danger. Pain is a protective mechanism. And so, all right, because you had pain, you go to the hospital, you get the resting nail removed and then you get a tetanus shot and then you're okay. Um, our nervous system, which is your brain connecting to your spinal cord. And then that moves, um, to all sensation and activation throughout your body. So our nervous system can be analogous to an alarm system. Um, and that alarm system can be oversensitive. So, you know, if I, I look out the window and I hear that this car alarm is going off first, I'm going to see is like, Oh shoot, is someone breaking into this? And then I'm like, Oh no, nobody's breaking in like a big truck with like a loud, you know, subwoofer just went by. So, okay. It's an oversensitive alarm, right? Well, in a lot of people, our nervous system can be oversensitive. Mm -hmm. And in that case, there is a higher experience of pain. And that's not to say that it's in your head. The true experience of pain actually is higher Mm -hmm. um, because your nervous system is heightened. And so if we think to, um, let's say, the last year of everyone being in chronic stress, because of, you know, pandemic, politics, all kinds of things. I don't know, climate change, not throwing out my personal uh, ideas or opinions, but there are a lot of reasons that, um, that people are, you know, living in this chronic stress right now. Um, and, and that's assuming that you walked into 2020 with like a fantastic stress-free life, all your relationships and work and everything were peach keen. Um, that probably wasn't the case. And so, people that are living with this oversensitized alarm system or nervous system then truly have a higher experience of pain. And that's your body trying to protect you. It can be your body saying, you're like, look, slow your roll, like, you know, or a lot of other messages can come from that. Um, And so when we're stressed and when we're not sleeping and when we're not meditating and when we're not, you know, giving our body the proper nutrition and hydration, then we, yes, are absolutely more prone to injury and more prone to breakdown and things like that. 
and more prone to increased pain and increased pain. That's going to stop us from our training and stop us from, you know, climbing at our limit and our body, because we're experiencing stress, um, whether it feels like you're actively in stress or not, or like you just finished a 10 month stress period, um, your body is already saying, look, if you try to push a little bit more, I'm going to stop you because you just pushed really hard in this, you know, emotional or mental endeavor for the past 10 months. Mm -hmm. Yep. No wonder. Now looking back on it, I'm like, huh? Yeah. I'd been really, uh, relatively injury free until 2020. And then, yeah, it's kind of like this culmination of everything. And I think, you know, talking about stress, I think we tend to minimize how stressed we are. You know, it's almost like we raise to that new baseline and we're like, we're fine. We're totally fine. And then you look back on it and you're like, oh my God, my levels have just been rising and rising. And then your tolerance for things, it just gets a lot smaller. Totally. That window of tolerance is, you know, something that's talked about a lot with mindfulness and mental health. Um, and it's easy to look at like, oh, well, you know, here, you know, when someone comes in to see me, I'm like, okay, well, like, when did this occur? How long has it been going on? And like, you know, what's your training log? Like, have you all of a sudden jumped from climbing once a week to four times a week? Like, okay, yeah, your tissues are probably going to be injured because there's physical stress, you know, but after we do this mechanical assessment, then, and I'm like, either, you know, not seeing things that are completing or whatever else, then I'm going to ask, okay, tell me more about, you know, mental and emotional stress. Um, and if the window of tolerance, you know, is like way over met in those categories, then of course your physical body is going to be like, I'm out, peace, right? not, not playing today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we can only, I think, focus on so many things at a time. And that's true for our bodies as well. If we're just like continually asking so much. And for me, I know in the past, I really tried to separate like the physical and emotional stress. And I was like, no way. Those are two different buckets. But it, <laughs> it really sounds like it's, it's coming from the same bucket. It really is. And sometimes just educating somebody on that, like, you know, piece of like the pain science, like I just, you know, that analogy that I just gave, just educating somebody on that and helping them understand that, like, if your bucket's really full from stress and from, you know, like being overworked or whatever else, like if your bucket's really, really full and then you say, well, I'm going to keep, you know, pushing my training and pushing this and things like that. Um, it's, it's, you're just not going to have as much to give, you know, we are one, one being, and that includes body, mind, and soul. Um, and I know that gosh, with all of your, um, training programs and stuff, you do, you know, nutrition talking about, and you know, what's happening in hormones and then most specifically brain rewiring, which I think is Mm -hmm. so huge and stuff like this, you know, like, and especially with, with pain and with climbing and especially with, I don't know, maybe like you sending 13 a, uh, last week, you know, like (laughs) I think that, um, brain rewiring is a really cool way to, um, yeah, to understand that, that aspect of it too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really want to thank you too, for, I think giving a lot of us permission that like, it's not just in our heads, you know, the pain, it's not, we're not just like, being, being a baby about it or whatever it is mm-hmm. and that the pain is actually there. So what would you kind of say, you know, in terms of, do I go see somebody about this, a physical therapist, or is this something that I can potentially climb through? What are kind of some of your recommendations there so that people can start to, let's say, if it is really something that needs to be looked at, can get that help? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's a lot of directions that we could go with this, but um, I mean, first like, if you're having if you're experiencing pain, like, um, and you haven't had anybody look at it, like, please, please go see a medical provider that you trust. 
Um, and, and I say that because I have some people that come in and they're like, okay, for the last 10 years, this has been going on. And then literally in their first visit, we can turn their pain off. And that's like, you know, sometimes a mechanical thing, meaning like, okay, I like assess them, help them find a repeated movement. And then like, boom, you know, they've had like leg pain for, for years and years and years. And then like, we get into a movement and they're like, oh my gosh, it's off, you know? And then like, they get to be autonomous with it, things like that. So I just recommend like, don't wait if you've been dealing with something for a while, because I also have seen things get worse and worse and worse for people that do wait. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I wish I'd seen you sooner. Or I'll get people post-surgery and they've like failed other types of physical therapy, you know? And they're like, Hey, I've heard like, you're the person that can fix this. And then they're like, oh my gosh, why did I spend all this money, you know, previously? So, so first advice is please don't wait. Uh, Excuse me. Um, and then second is, um, yeah, like your fit with your provider needs to fit just like a good relationship needs to fit, you know, like you need to trust them. You need to feel like the provider listens to you. Um, you need to feel like your priorities are their priorities. And if they're not like, they should be able to educate you on why, you know, something else should be a priority. Um, and, um, yeah, they, they need to like, you know, I tell my patients every time they come in, like, look, you're the expert in your symptoms. I'm the expert in the assessment. And together we're going to move your body and understand, you know, what's going on. Um, and I think that that approach is, um, is pretty necessary. Um, and then what was the second part of your question? What should people do? What do we recommend? Yeah. Kind of just like next steps, I think, or like, yeah, somebody has pain, then what? Um, yeah, it's, it's, we're talking about, um, you know, okay, you've had it assessed, you've like gone to, you know, all the physical therapists and all the chiropractors, and you've done the, I'm getting adjustments three times a week for the next three months kind of um, setting and like nothing's mm-hmm. changed. Um, then it can be helpful to check with a mental health therapist or mm-hmm. like tap into Chelsea's brain rewiring program or, um, you know, check out those other avenues. and from personal experience, I've had, um, this leg pain for, you know, like this, like tingle down my leg that would, you know, show up a lot. And, and then I write knee pain that's going to be from running. And, you know, this has been going on for several years. Um, and it would show up often in my therapy sessions, meaning like mental health therapy. Um, but I'd be like, Oh, I know what this is. I'm a physical therapist. It's, you know, just like some, lumbar associated symptoms and I know how to treat it and I just need to change positions. And, you know, I got this. And then like my therapist would be like, Oh, like, what are you experiencing? Like in your body? I'm like, Oh, nothing. I'm fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I totally thought that I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And then of course we like work on something and then it feels better. And I'm like, Oh, well, no, it's definitely still not like something that has to do with any of these, you know, emotional things. It's just Wouldn't me. Be. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely <laughs> not. And like after multiple sessions of her being like, okay, well look, if this comes up again, like approach it this way. Or, um, I think you and I have talked about the EFT tapping. So there's okay. like, um, tapping that you can do where you tap on the acupressure points and it rewires your neural networks and you can tap for pain. You can tap for anxiety and stress and so many other things. Um, so as you know, one added resource, I would say, if you think that it is like a mental or emotional component, 
check EFT tapping out and you can go onto YouTube and look at that. Or even there's an app that you can download. I think there's a two week free trial period. And then, um, after that it costs money, but I so highly recommend it. If somebody thinks, you know, their symptoms are in that category. Um, anyway, I had a coworker of mine who was very, like very by the book, very mechanical, like had his diplomat in the McKinsey method, our mechanical diagnosis and treatment. And so I was like, and just, he's not the kind of person that would, um, would tell me that my pain was emotional because to me at that time it felt like, Oh, that's like, you know, the woo, like the, this right. is kind of like hippie talk. And <laughs> so he gave me this or, you know, hippie talk and like, Oh, it's all in my head. And I'm like, well, I know I'm not crazy. And like, right. I know that he's not like going to tell me some hippie excuse. So like, I'm going to have him find out what it is. And so I paid one of my former colleagues to assess me and he like, really like dives in full assessment deep as you can go. And then after two visits, he was like, this isn't mechanical. He's like, you need to talk to your therapist about this. And I was like, F you man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's way easier to work on something physical than it is to work on emotional stuff. And I don't want to oh, work on the emotional stuff. F you. I was so yep. mad. I didn't actually, you know, tell him F you, but I was really mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like through actually working on these things, And I would say like, you know, like what you said earlier, the emotional and mental component can't be separated from the physical component. So, you know, something he said at the end of the visit, because I was clearly upset. He was like, this is good news. He's like, go run, go hike. Like you, you don't have to not do these things anymore because there's not something physically wrong with you. And that felt super liberating. And I was very, you know, grateful for that. But also like, I still had pain when I ran, even though I knew it was emotional I still had pain when I ran. And so I was still like, well, what the heck? And so, you know, diving more about it and learning more about it, um, understood that there still needs to be, you know, just as if you were recovering from a physical injury, like, you know, with your pinky, there still has to be a graded approach back into activity. And so, you know, if somebody does discover that like, oh, this is an emotional thing. Okay. Well, it doesn't mean that you still go from like zero to four days of climbing in a week. You still need that graded approach that is also accompanied with the other work, you know, which I just highly recommend a therapist. Um, and you know, through personal experience, something that's like beyond just talk therapy and not just like going in to talk about your day, but something that's going to help you dive into your subconscious, you know, whether it's EMDR or some of those other approaches as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to reiterate again, um, the point that you made about finding somebody that essentially doesn't steamroll you in your concerns yeah. and how you feel. Um, I know in the past, I definitely been to physical therapists that I'm like, you are not like either you can't listen or you're just not. Cause like, I don't feel heard whatsoever. And I really loved that about working with you is like, I, I really felt like we were collaborating together. Like you were asking such good questions. And for me, like a lot of times it really made me think, And one of the things too, that I thought was so interesting is you, you were really asking a lot about like my spine and how that was. Mm. And I think sometimes like, you know, we get injured somewhere like my pinky, for example. And I was like, no, it's just the pinky that's wrong. But like, you're saying that there can be a lot of postural connections. And a lot of the times, like if you just adjust, or maybe it's positional that a lot of things can actually be improved from that. Yes. Thank you for saying that because this is my bread and butter. And I would love to bring up, there's a study. Um, it's 
abbreviated as the XPAS study, which stands for Extremity Pain of a Spinal Source. And it was just done in 2019, um, in September of 2019. And it looked at um, like over 300 participants who all had extremity pain that they fully believed was coming from their extremity, not the spine. Um, and, and it looked at, you know, okay, what's, how many of these are coming from extremity? How many are coming from spine? And overall, the total was over 40% of these 300 plus people with extremity pain who believed it was solely coming from their extremities, over 40% actually were coming from the spine. And of that percentage, when they looked at the outcomes between the two, those that had extremity pain coming from the spine actually did better. So they had better outcomes and a better prognosis. Um, and the breakdown of it is pretty darn remarkable. So obviously like the further away from your spine you get, the smaller the prevalence of spine source is for the, you know, that injury. Um, so like, um, in the lower extremity, 71% of hip pain in this study was coming from the spine. 72% of thigh and leg pain, so areas outside of the joints, were coming from the spine. In the knee, there was a lower percentage. It was 26%, but it's because, or they, they believe part of that was um, a lower percentage than expected because of uh, concurrent back pain. And many of them thought like, maybe, you know, this is part of it. Um, and 29% of ankle and foot pain were um, also coming from the spine. In the upper extremity, overall for the upper extremity, 48.3% of the participants were considered to have a spinal source. Um, but okay. And then shoulder 47%, right? So like those with shoulder pain, especially, especially, especially if you're like, oh, sometimes it moves. Like sometimes it moves like from my shoulder to like my shoulder blade area. Sometimes it's in like my like upper trap or my neck or my chest. Like listen, folks, if your pain moves like that, it is not coming from your joint. If it's your shoulder, like as the source of those symptoms, it's going to be really consistent in the same way. And I know because people say, okay, every time I do this specific move, whenever I'm climbing, when I'm, you know, every time I gas stone uh, and my weights this way, I feel it. Or every time I, you know, hang and I clip with this arm, I feel it in this spot every single time. If it's consistent, it's probably coming from your shoulder. If it moves around, it is much, much, much more likely to be coming from your spine. Um, but here's the like really fun and wild part with climbers and why I love treating climbers because we get to like, boom, work through these injuries so quickly. So areas outside of a specific joint, i.e. forearm and arm, meaning like the area between your shoulder and your elbow, there was an 83.3% of arm and forearm symptoms coming from the spine. Wow. That's fascinating. Oh my God. <laughs> Think about like 10 of your climbing friends and 8.3 of those friends, let's say they all had forearm pain because we're climbers and our forearms hurt. Right. Or because like we're climbers when we use our biceps and triceps and those hurt. Right. So like, let's say that 10 of your friends that have arm or forearm pain, 8.3 of them have it coming from their spine. That's huge for climbers. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like want the stinking world to know about it because there's so many other ways. And even, okay, so, you know, finish with the stats from the study. So elbow was 44%. And honestly, in my time treating, I would definitely put that number higher because I would say, honestly, like probably 85% of people that I see with symptoms very much coming in as climber's elbow, golfer's elbow, you know, tennis elbow, anything like elbow pain related, 
I would say 85% that I see are spine related. And then within roughly five visits, boom, we can have it taken care of because it's something in the spine that they get to move through. Um, the other like 10, wait, yeah, other 10-ish percent, I would say are more about the elbow joint. So sometimes an, an obstruction of the elbow joint can be addressed and then that can get rid of somebody's pain. And then the last 5%, and that is probably very generous because I honestly can only think of like three in my head right now, are actually an elbow tendinopathy, like something happening with the tendons in the elbow that just needs to be remodeled, like a tendon, um, pulley injury, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to finalize the study, wrist and hand are considered to be 38 and a half percent, um, of spinal source, which is pretty wild. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this. And if you think about, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of, um, you know, how do you spend your day? Are you on a laptop all day? Look at your posture on a laptop. It is awful. And our spines are made. <laughs> Chelsea's like cringing right now. I'm like a on crumpled laptop. ball. <laughs> yeah. Like the least comfortable <laughs> position. I'm like, great. I'll work here. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And I was telling Chelsea earlier, I just got this new puppy. Who's so cute. She's 13 weeks and I've had her for 24 hours, but she's like such a lap dog that I'm like, well, I don't, I don't need to be in a comfortable position to work right now. It's It's fine. I want to move her. Yeah. Yeah. Way to get, which like, she will just like flop over if I move her. So be fine. But I have found myself today as my admin day when I don't see patients, like all kinds of twisted positions. So yes, it happens for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, thinking about our positions throughout the day, especially if you're working on a laptop and people say, Oh, I have a stand desk or I have a sit desk. I'm like, okay, well, where's your monitor? And then they're like, um, it's like down or like over to the side or whatever else. No, your monitor should always be at eye level. Um, okay. Where's your keyboard? Oh, it's usually like out in front of me with my arms extended. No, your keyboard should be as close to you as you can with your elbows supported by a chair. Um, okay. And then like, what about your back? Where is that in the chair? Oh, like, you know, usually like slumped over whatever else. No, no. Like your, your position throughout your day should support the natural curvature of our spine. So in our neck and then our low back, we have what's called lordosis or this natural curvature. And because we sit all throughout the day and then we're looking down at laptops or looking down at phones <laughs> and iPads and everything else, uh, we start to lose that curvature and people will I hear a lot of times like, oh, I went to a chiropractor and I got an x-ray and he showed me that I don't have the curvature in my spine anymore. I, you know, lack the lordosis. Um, that's not permanent. Like <laughs> it is not a forever thing and you can move it. And I teach people all day long of how to move their spine on their own to get that lordosis or that natural curvature back. And oftentimes as evidenced by this study, that has a huge effect on not only their pain, but also muscle activation. So there's something called your myotomes or the um, nerve, the innervation of each of your different muscles. And so, you know, a lot of climbers, I'll test like all around strength and especially, you know, wrist strength and things like that, which is for our muscles and whatnot. And one side's significantly weaker than the other, or people even come in and be like, look, when I hang, like I can do a one-arm hang on this, but I cannot do a one-arm hang, you know, on this side. And then, we have them, okay, we assess, we see that there's some spinal loss um, and loss of movement that is. Um, and then we assess through some repeated movements and then like, boom, they're hanging stronger on what was for the last seven years, their weaker arm compared to the other side. Um, so posture, posture, posture is what I talk about a lot throughout the day. Or I'll tell people too, like, 
okay, as soon as you leave my clinic today, I want you to get in your car, sit upright, put a lumbar support or roll behind your low back, and then put the back of your head against the headrest. And I've literally had people be like, oh my gosh, I've never used my headrest before. <laughs> and they're like, I've been driving for 20 years. But put the back of your head against the headrest and then adjust all of your mirrors. So adjust your mirrors to this upright posture so that next time you get in your car and you're like stressed from the day or tired or whatever else, and you go back to your natural position, you're reminded when you can't see, oh, is there a policeman behind me? I don't know. Boom. You have to get right back into that upright posture. Also on my posture train, which like really I could keep going for hours. So just like stop me. But let's think about what we sit like in between boulder problems. <laughs> oh, I'm also like, yeah, crunched mm-hmm. in a ball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, okay, whether you're at the gym or like outside, our sitting posture between boulders are terrible. Like absolutely terrible. Like go ahead and like either next time you're out or next time you're at the gym or like just look through some photos from like your last, you know, bouldering night. And like everyone's posture is awful. And so even for people who, you know, come in and let's say we change their pain with that was of a spinal source, we have them going through repeated movement and they're like, yeah, actually like it feels amazing while I'm working. I can now sleep without pain. I can now use a, you know, a knife without pain or do, do all of these things with like activation, blah, blah, blah. But when I climb, it still gets worse. So like I can climb, but then like after an hour, it gets worse. And I'm going to say, okay, how are you sitting in between climbing? And it's almost always like, oh, <laughs> light goes all, off. yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So yeah, posture between climbs, like posture throughout your day, you know, when you're driving, when you're driving to either the gym or the crag, um, like that's a really good time to check in on such things. And honestly, like I, I no longer prescribe work with, you know, TheraBands and things like that, even for like warm up and prehab and all of that, um, because it doesn't, it's not enough stimulus and it doesn't have enough to do with somebody's symptoms, you know, like get specific and don't waste time. Like climbing already takes up a lot of time. Like anytime I'm injured, I'm like, wow, I have so much time on my hands. So, you know, let your rehab be specific. Don't, if, if you go into, um, you know, either a therapy or chiropractor or whatever, and like you're, you're given a bunch of like general strength exercises. Um, I would, I would question that as well because it, it, should be very specific to your goals, um, you know, your symptoms, things like that. 100%. Yeah. And that's, for me, you know, I've been injured in the past. I think this was probably before climbing was too big on the radar anyway. And it just felt like it was taking forever to get better. And I think that's just because, you know, if people aren't super familiar with climbing, like it can be really difficult to pinpoint something and then feel like you're able to work through it. And I want to say thank you for those very actionable posture tips for people. I think that those are going to be really helpful. And yeah, I literally never thought about, oh, how do I actually sit in between boulder problems? And we'll be putting a lot more thought into that. But, you know, in terms of the spine being a big source of this, um, beyond some of the more postural stuff, the injuries that you tend to see, do you see themes in it? You know, do a lot of people come in to you for finger injuries, shoulder injuries? Yes, all of the above. Um, I see a lot of shoulder symptoms. I see a lot of finger symptoms. I see a lot of, you know, elbow or forearm pain. Um, And I would say something that's super common that people think is just a knot that they need to work out or, or all, you know, is like the like scapular pain or like shoulder blade type symptoms or like, 
you know, things around the neck and spine and back, but maybe not like specifically on it. And they'll say like, Oh, I just, you know, I just had my partner, you know, like massage it nightly. I'm like, cool. How long have like you been doing that? And like, Oh, like for the past, you know, like six months or past five years or my whole life. I'm like, so has that been working? Like, yeah, it usually feels better afterwards. I'm like, and then the next night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had my partner, um, also like massage it again. Like, so is it working? <laughs> um, <laughs> just to mirror what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say like all, I mean, I would say what I hear a lot of is like, uh, oh, well, let me just massage it. Or if I, you know, go see your chiropractor, then it feels better. Okay. How long does it feel better? And I'm not like, I chiropractors can be extremely helpful. Um, but just giving people's understanding and perception, a better, you know, idea of like, is what you're doing actually working, you know, and like, how long have you been doing it? Um, because there often could be, you know, a better way, but yeah, like when somebody says, Oh, I have my partner massage all the time back here, then again, like we'll have them go through a repeated movement of their spine. And then that pain turns off and it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, it can actually turn off and stay off and then be gone. Like that's what you want. Um, and the same can be true for, for fingers, you know, like literally all the way down. I have, I mean, I probably see, uh, several finger injuries, you know, in a week. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll have people fill out an intake form and sometimes I can tell like, yep, that is definitely going to be a pulley, you know, or I'll be like, that's not at all a pulley. And that's going to, you know, definitely be coming from their spine. And mm-hmm. then sometimes I am totally sideswiped, <laughs> which is fun. You know, um, I had, do we have time for a story? I don't know oh yeah. Okay. Um, so I had somebody, uh, a climber that I saw for a shoulder injury, I don't know, a couple years ago. Um, and, and I do like, I always do, which is the, the McKinsey method or the mechanical diagnosis and treatment is, uh, considered the most reliable assessment, like based on research. And as you said earlier, I'll always do a holistic assessment, meaning like, I'm going to see, okay, what are your symptoms? How long have they been going on? What makes them better? What makes them worse? And like, because you're the expert, sometimes you can tell me basically how I'm going to treat you. You know, if you're like, well, when I'm sitting, it's significantly worse, but when I'm standing for some reason, my elbow feels better. If I've been working for a couple hours, you know, like, and sometimes you can tell me like, oh, I'm pretty sure they're going to need like, you know, some cervical extension, things like that, whatever. Um, anyway, I do this holistic approach assessing for, you know, what's, what's stress level also like spinal movements, range of motion, activation, sensation. Um, and then like whatever your functional baseline test is. And so I think uh, can we use your, yeah, okay. (laughs) I think when you came in, we had you pull on, um, pull on the, the weight gram. So she like Chelsea would put her finger on this tiny little hook and then pull down. And then we would see how many kilos she could pull until her pain came on. Um, and so if, or like for somebody that's, if they're like, every time I open a jar, I feel my pain. Okay. Well then like, I literally have a jar around for that. So anyway, somebody's like their specific test that they know is reliable assess through that. So this guy, we're looking at his shoulder. We do this full assessment. Um, and I assess his neck and I was like, because, because of the high percentage of shoulder pain coming from the spine, I always do a very thorough assessment of somebody's, um, spine when it's hip shoulder. Um, and I remember this guy specifically because his spine was literally the most mobile I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like he would move and his like entire head would touch whatever extremity I asked him like to reach towards. Like he was so, so mobile and it stood out to me. Um, 
And anyway, it was actually coming from his shoulder. We did, it was um, what's called a derangement or an obstruction to motion. We found a repeated movement for his shoulder. And I think within five visits, he was like back to climbing super hard, super strong, which is awesome. So here we go. Fast forward to maybe a year and a half later, two years later. Um, and he messages me on, on Instagram because um, my info had changed. And, um, and he's like, I think I need to come see you. Do you have any openings? And he kind of tells me the story. He's like, I was on a pocket and I heard a pop and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, buddy. And he's like, I'm on a trip right now. Should I climb? I'm, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and you know, I was like, oh, you know, and so when I hear that story, I'm like, that's definitely going to be a pulley. That's not going to be coming from the spine. And, um, I was able to get him in and, you know, we assessed and, um, and because he had had such great spine mobility before and because of his story and everything about it, I was like, you know, I'm going to assess the spine because it's the most reliable method. And, and I always will. Um, but I really, really don't think it's coming from the spine. And I do this full assessment and I'm like, huh, like what does that feel stiff to you? Whenever I'm looking at his neck mobility, he's like, actually, yeah, a little bit. I've been, you know, kind of sleeping different lately because of X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, well, I still don't think it's coming from your spine, but we'll just, you know, do five of these where you are most limited and see if it changes. And so he does, you know, five of this neck motion. Um, and then I have him check his chest, which I think was like a crimp on his hand because he couldn't even tolerate doing it like on a hangboard in the clinic. Um, and he was like, it's better. I'm like, no, it's not do 10 more. And he like does 10 and he's like, Oh, it's even better. And I was like, <laughs> shut your face, quit your line. Like, okay. Like, you know, like let's progress and see. And he was like, literally like, like he left that first visit almost pain-free, like 90% better. So sometimes, um, you know, sometimes I get surprised and that one was really fun. Cause I was like, not expecting it, but I mean, that goes to show like always do a thorough assessment, <laughs> um, which I was grateful for. Um, but yeah, I see it all. I see a lot of lower extremity stuff too, even from like climbers and runners and stuff like that. Um, which again, still has a lot to do with a lot to do with the spine. If you haven't yet heard me talk about Organifi, you are in for a treat. Organifi is one of my all-time favorite mix-in beverage companies. And when I say mix-in, I mean you get a powder, you shake it up, you either add it to hot water or nut milk, and you are good to go. That is honestly my favorite way to do things. Sometimes I'm super impatient and I just don't want to wait the six to eight minutes for tea to steep call me, call me what you want, but sometimes I just want to shake and go and it's as easy as that. So for me, my favorite, favorite, favorite Organifi products, Harmony. I've been digging on it so hard lately. Harmony is like this amazing blend of hormone balancing plus chocolate, which honestly, I just can't ever seem to get enough chocolate in my life. So any form that I can get it in, I am really happy. And this one has only one gram of sugar per serving. It's sweetened with monk fruit. And for me, I am really particular on not only what things are sweetened with, but the aftertaste. Sometimes things sweetened with stevia or monk fruit can be like a little bit weird, but this one tastes awesome. I 
absolutely love it. It is great for balancing hormones. I like to actually double up on it before my cycle starts. I feel like it really helps to support me. And for me, I'm all about balancing my hormones. I know that I feel better overall. I have better conversations. I'm able to interact with my clients, strangers, my partner better, myself better. I'm more forgiving and compassionate of myself when my hormones are balanced. So I really have been enjoying taking this lately. I am in 10 sleep right now, rock climbing on a two week vacation and I actually brought in an entire container with me so I can use it as a nightcap before I go to bed in the tent and it has honestly been such a game changer for me. I have normally I have such a sweet tooth like I absolutely love sweets. I love desserts but knowing that I get to have this at night like somehow just brings that snacking to a halt for me. I'm like oh right I get I get hot chocolate before bed and I'm so excited about it each and every night. I put a little bit of non-dairy creamer in there. My favorite is the Nut Pods French Vanilla, a little bit of collagen for some protein and to help me sleep better. And it's just like my perfect concoction, my perfect drink. So if you're wanting to try out Organifi, you can use my discount code LADYBETA, all one word, for 15% off. You can go to Organifi.com, which is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, and use that discount code LADYBETA. I am so excited, so pumped for you to try these products my all-time favorite. Like, I honestly, I stocked up on Harmony. I might have ordered like four bottles and I am definitely not going to let myself get too low on this product. Um, I don't want to, you know, start having withdrawals from it. I definitely want to make sure that I'm stocked up on it because it really has made such a difference. And it's just honestly, like with all of the environmental disruptors that we have, all of the hormone imbalances that can pop up, it's really nice to know that I have something to help combat that. So again, if you want to check out the Organifi products, head to Organifi.com. Use that discount code LADYBETA for 15%. Yeah, and you're like a detective, which I absolutely love that because it like you can tell how excited you are about these and like really finding the source and what's wrong. And I remember too, when we worked together, you would have me do like these, I, I don't remember what you called them, but like you essentially like push your chin back and you like yeah. glide your neck. And it is so hard. It is like a <laughs> tiny little motion. And I remember being like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> it's like this small little motion and I was like wow like that actually does feel a lot different after I yeah. do it and I think a lot of the times climbers and kind of like you mentioned with the resistance bands and not doing them anymore is because you know they just don't load the injury enough like we almost just want that quick fix we're like oh okay totally. the bands like that's gonna be the thing that fix it you know, because it seems actionable when in reality, like maybe it is these little smaller motions and maybe it doesn't feel quote as productive, but like, we're just kind of missing the whole point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and there is a time too, when like it, injury's not coming to the spine specifically, like, you know, pull the injury and things like that, where like, you do have to load it and you have to like produce the pain in order to, for it to feel better. And honestly, like I, 
want my patients to get better sometimes more than they do, or I'm like, Oh no. And they come in and it's actually pulling. It's not coming, you know, for a quick fix from elsewhere because there really actually can be these quick fixes, but they do involve work, you know? And so mm-hmm. when someone does come in with a, a derangement or that obstruction to motion, either in their spine or in a certain extremity, I'll have them test that motion, that one motion repeatedly every two hours which is a lot. So like, yes, it's a quick fix. Your, your pain feels better after you do, you know, 10, 15 of these, but you need to do it every two hours. And there's, you know, a lot for that. And I, I tell people when they come in, okay, like, um, especially if they have this derangement of like, I'm most likely going to give you only one exercise as homework. And they're like, Oh, good. I'm like, okay. You know, that one exercise is because if you come back and you're way worse, we're going to know exactly why and exactly what to change. If you come back and you're way better, we're going to know exactly why and exactly how to progress and how to teach you to keep this from happening again. You know, if you come back and like, you're the same. Okay. Well, we're going to know exactly what we've tried. Um, and then whenever I tell them, okay, I want you to do this one thing every two hours. And when symptomatic, you know, this is your heat, this is your ice, this is your ibuprofen, your Advil, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, I thought I was getting off easy with like just having the one thing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when it's like spine specific, like you have to continuously input that upright posture so that your spine has this new range of motion so that it can actually sit properly one vertebrae on top of the next instead of in this forward posture that we have. Or, you know, on the same topic of quick fixes, so fingers, like I've, treated, uh, you know, professional and and high level, uh, climbers. And, you know, I remember one specifically came in and thought that she had, uh, blown her pulley and literally there was what's called a derangement in her finger where we moved the finger joint 10 times in the most limited direction. And then I think her, I think she literally like double, maybe even tripled like how many kilos she was able to pull and then still had no pain. Um, so sometimes it is that quick fix, which still involves, you know, work. Um, and then other times it's not. And so when it comes to fingers and somebody like actually does have a pull injury, I'm like sad for them because it just is a longer road, you know, and I'm going to walk you through it and teach you how to progress it and, you know, everything else. Um, but those are, those are longer roads and those are tough. And those are definitely the times when like the emotional and mental pieces are, are really important. And, you know, the brain rewiring and all that is, is super huge in somebody's prognosis, meaning like how quickly they heal. Um, and uh, yeah, how quickly they get back to correction. Yeah, that can, it can take a huge toll too, especially when, you know, your identity is wrapped up in it. And then like you said, it's like, oh my God, I have so much more time now. And like, who have an am I? But I think one thing that you said too, that I think is really important is kind of going back to like why it's important not to maybe self-diagnose. And that's why I really wanted to go over like, when is time to go see somebody? Because for me, you know, I heard like my pinky pop on the moon board when I did it. And I was like, oh, I know what this is for sure. And turns out it was certainly not what I thought it was. So, (laughs) you know, like as climbers, we're so quick to drop 150 bucks on shoes. And then we look at things like physical therapy and we're like, ah, mm, oh no, we're good. I'll just, I'll just continue on with this broken body and I'll be fine. Gosh, that's so true. I didn't even think about like what shoes cost compared to like what a physical therapy appointment costs. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So I guess for, you know, a good, um, rule of thumb, if you will, for when to go see somebody, 
And in your case, okay, like you felt pop in your pinky on the moon board and it was swollen, right? And things like that. And I think on your first visit, I was like, look, there's a lot of inflammation right there. So we're not going to actually get an accurate representation. So, you know, come back next week. Here's what to do in the meantime. Um, but like we wouldn't, we weren't able to properly diagnose it. And so understanding inflammation and that timeline, which can take anywhere from like a few hours to 21 days. And so, um, the highest point of inflammation is usually three days. So really, if you're like, I would say, give it three days. If you, if it's like swollen and bruised and things like that, or, you know, if like you took a bad lead fall and you're not sure, like, should I go see somebody? Like I'm really stiff, you know, things like that. Um, you can, especially for extremity stuff, like if you feel like there's some inflammation there, give it three days and you can, you know, take ibuprofen, Advil, things like that to, to decrease inflammation or turmeric, you know, obviously like ice, but moving is still typically important. Now, if like, if something's broken, go immediately, you know, um, if you can't weight bear, like if you can't put weight on whatever the injury is, go immediately. Um, and if it is, um, I would say like a stiff neck, then I would say, uh, and if you're in the Salt Lake area or in Oregon, cause I'm licensed there too, come see me quickly because I know people that like, will wait and wait and wait. And it just gets more stiff and more stiff and then they don't move it or they'll try to, you know, move it in the direction that feels like they're stretching the spot when really like they're furthering the obstruction that it's in. So I would say like, if it's just like a stiff spine from a bad fall, you know, come in right away also because we would need to like check for concussion. Um, but if it's, you know, Oh, I like bang my elbow super hard, wait at least three days for that inflammation to go down so that you can get a proper assessment. Um, and if it's something that's been going on longer than that, or something that comes and goes all the time, something that we call it like episodic, right? Like, like, yeah, I don't know why it comes on, you know, it's pretty just shows up and then it just goes away and it just shows up and then it goes away. Well, when it shows up, just call at your girl, call me because <laughs> I don't want people living around with stuff like that and not knowing what's up and not knowing how to fix it. And my goal is always to help people to be autonomous, you know, as, as in charge of their care as they can. And then, you know, when they're done, like on somebody's last visit, they've been pain-free for a week and I'm going to say, okay, here's how we prevent this from ever coming on again. Here's, you know, what it's going to look like for you. If this were to occur, what signs and symptoms to look out for and then what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, to tack onto that, should I go see somebody or, you know, who should I see, um, question from earlier, like, if you're not getting that prevention education um, and not getting to feel autonomous that like you get to be the one to get you better. Um, like if you're reliant on somebody all the time, um, that might be another thing to look into changing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think, you know, from your point earlier on kind of the emotional toll that injuries can take, and we've talked a lot about stress uh, for me personally, I know that when I panic, when I get injured, it it's worse every single time. So my pinky injury, I was like, yep, definitely. It's definitely injured. We, we know that, but other than that, I'm kind of, I'm not really going to worry about it. And, you know, there were certain points in times where I was a little bit more upset that it had happened, but for the most part during that injury, I stayed pretty calm. It was really only when I was trying to like push my limits again, a couple months later that I was like, all right, I think I've had enough of this. I've had enough of my nine fingered climbing and I would like to just <laughs> climb normally again. But I think, you know, to everything that you've been saying is like, you do like, 
yep, maybe something's wrong. Give it a couple days, you know, if it's nothing serious and then go see someone. And it can just be this normal part of like pushing your limits with climbing. Yeah, for sure. And gosh, that's such a darn good point. And I'm going to say something that might be biased, that might be inaccurate, and that might piss people off listening to this podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) Um, I have found that, okay, there's, there's some studies to back part of this up, but not the second part. But um, if, if you're a worrier, if you're, you know, if you're going to stress about things like, yeah, it's going to be worse, you know, and there's like the law of attraction of like, if you believe it, it's going to happen. And, you know, I know brain rewiring is a lot about that as well. Um, and so if you're like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I injured myself, I'm going to be out forever. I'm going to get really weak. I'm not going to have any friends. I'm, you know, going to like not be able to climb at their level whenever I get back, you know, all the, I'm going to get overweight. My clothes won't fit, you know, the, the steamroll just keeps rolling, then it's true. All of those things will happen because you have just set it out into the universe that it's going to happen, you know? And the reverse is true too. Like if you're like, okay, you know, like your approach is like, all right, I've injured myself, but I can nine finger climb and I can load my pinky, you know, at this gradual pace. And I can like still be friends with people and I can still work on my mental game and my emotional game. And, oh, look, I can take lead falls a lot right now because I'm not going to be working on like really hard crimps and stuff like that. You know, and if you, if you take that approach, it is so, so much more helpful. And when I, you know, if I am treating somebody who like can't climb, I will give them other, um, you know, here's other ways that you can load your body right now. Um, but I would say like your type a human, who like needs to have the lines, needs to have the structure, needs to push, um, high achiever, high success human, um, is much more likely to have that high anxiety around an injury. And then much more likely to increase the time that it's going to take to heal. And the controversial thing I was going to say earlier, which is just a recent thing is that climbers and runners, especially of the, you know, I'm going to push the grade, um, where I'm going to, you know, beat this record, you know, that kind of stuff. Climbers and runners of that type A variety, which a lot of them are, um, tend to be much more in that category of anxious and need to know all the fine details and need to know, you know, like when I'm going to get better and what's going to happen and, you know, freak out, freak out, freak out because this small thing isn't happening. Or, you know, I felt this one muscle not activate on this one move, you know, stuff like that. And I've lately been treating a lot of mountain bikers. And I don't know if it's because of the, maybe it's just like a separate event, but they are so much more chill. (laughs) Like they just, and I want somebody to actually like correct me on this if it, but it seems like climbers and runners are type A and they're super anxious. Whereas like mountain bikers, I feel like we've just like gone down the list. Cause like, Oh, well, like, yeah, I had this like super bad accident 15 years ago and I can't really turn my head. Um, but it hasn't really affected me. And, oh, I think I like tore my rotator cuff on this. And then, you know, I come in, okay, we like clean things up and like, cool. Well, like, since you like made this feel better and like, I feel really good on managing this. Um, you know, five years ago I did this thing. Can we check that out? Oh, cool. It's that sweet. I can do that. Thanks. So then this thing, and we just like go down the list and they're, they seem like less concerned and literally like, I feel like within five visits, we fixed five things because they were like, Oh, that's all it is. And you want me to do this thing every two hours? I can do that. Sweet. And then, 
you know, five visits, we've somehow fixed five things. And they're like, well, I don't need the rest of my visits. Thanks. Talk to you later. You know? Um, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody correct me on that because I don't want to say that. And maybe I just have these, you know, really rad mountain biker people all at the same time that made me think that, but. <laughs> oh, it's great. I feel like from brain rewiring, I'm like a reformed type A. Like I, I don't really identify with that anymore. Like I feel way more chill. I totally resonated with what you said about the, I need to know when I'm going to get better. Like, honestly, it was kind of like that fear of the future, fear of potentially feeling like, oh my God, I lost my sport. Something's being taken away from you. And one of the really big tenants of brain rewiring is thought shifting. So that's like, okay, this didn't happen to me. It happened for me. What did this allow me to do? What opportunities did it bring? You know, can I focus on lead falls? Can I do literally anything else, you know, do I need to crimp hard all the time? No, probably not. I could probably grab a sloper once in a while and that would be really (laughs) helpful. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. Like just switching the language, you know, is gosh, is so true. And sometimes I'll, I'll have, when I can tell that somebody has like a shame game around, you know, the exercise that they're doing or like not doing the exercise or, you know, not being better or whatever else, Um, I will do the same thing. I'll have them like, okay, I feel like this is a should thing for you right now. And should spring shame. And this is about, you know, you and your body and getting you back. So like, tell me what's up, like, what, what are the feelings associated with it? You know, like what's, what's stopping you from it. And then, and then we'll switch in a lot of times, like switching it from like, Oh, I have to do this awkward neck movement that this expensive PT is making me do. And it makes me feel better, but I hate it. It takes time out. You know, when we shift from that to, okay, every two hours, you get to take you time that you deserve. And you're going to use the time that you're doing, you know, you're you know, two minutes of holding this one motion or, you know, 15 times repeated, whatever you're going to also bring in deep breathing and you're also going to bring in this meditation of blank, whatever feels helpful for them, you know, and we'll kind of explore through like, does it feel helpful to like breathe in what's helpful and exhale, you know, what's not, or does it feel helpful just to like connect to your body or does it feel helpful to know that like, like telling yourself, like I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, especially for those that are really anxious about, you know, not being in their sport. Um, and you're so right, literally rewiring your brain through the words that you're choosing, you know, and sometimes it's a fake it till you make it. Like sometimes it's like, I feel really happy about this, you know, even though you don't, but rewiring those neural networks is everything. It's so darn powerful. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, in my mind, a beautiful example of oftentimes I think it's almost positioned where it's like either the science or the woo, like actually a lot of it is rooted in science and like they can they can work together beautifully yes thank you that literally gave me chills and it's like a hundred plus degrees outside but like I have chills from that because I have felt that conflict in myself you know I shared my experience about you know my leg tingling being emotional and I was like f you man this isn't emotional but like you know because it's like oh that's either woo and, you know, or saying that like, I'm crazy, which like, okay, maybe I'm crazy, but that's not why I'm crazy. You know, <laughs> like those are two different things. Um, and you know, that there is so much scientific research right now, literally neuroscience, you know, like your brain rewiring is based in neuroscience. Um, there's so much scientific research and evidence going into this stuff and, and realizing that like, it's not so much about, you know, whatever we think that it's about, but it's so much more about our, our mindset, you know, and being able to shift 
that mindset. Um, and don't you have a free brain rewiring course? I do. Yep. I talk all about what it is, how you can learn, you know, what it can do for you and a lot of the basics and foundations. Um, I'll link to that in the show notes and all the resources that we've mentioned here, um, the tapping and everything else, but yeah, it's, I love it. (laughs) That was not intended to be a plug, but Hey, there's a plug. And I want you to plug it because, um, yeah, I think it's just amazing and, and powerful stuff. And I actually signed up for it when we were like, Hey, let's do a podcast. I, I was like, Oh my gosh, she's got a free. And I signed up for it. And, um, I, I don't remember what happened to it. So I'm really excited to get back, back into that and, um, yeah, work through some of that stuff for sure. Awesome. Okay. So before we wrap up, where can people learn more about you? I know you said you were licensed in Utah and Oregon, I believe. So tell me a little bit more about how we can connect further with you. Yeah. Um, so the practice that I founded and own is called Converge Physical Therapy. Um, so you can go to convergept.com. Um, I have a Facebook and an Instagram for it that aren't super active. I kind of just did those because I thought that's what I should do. There's that should word again. But my website has um, has lots more information. Um, and that also has my contact info on there. But I'm amy at convergept.com if you ever want to email me. Um, my phone number should be on there as well. Or if you're in Utah or Oregon and you know like this is what I need, just go online and book a new PT assessment. Um, and we can roll through that. There's also an option to book for, um, I think it's labeled as a, a strength uh, or yoga assessment. Cause I'm, um, also a personal trainer and yoga instructor. And a lot of times with that, people will really use it for, um, like climbing assessments. And so, you know, am I hangboarding, right? Am I climbing, right? Like, am I doing things in the most injury preventative way that I can be doing them? Or am I moving on the wall or on the hangboard in the most ethical? efficient way that my body can be moving. Am I activating the things that I should be activating? You know, things like that. So if you're not in Utah, Oregon, um, then you can book one of those and we can, uh, you know, certainly do something like that over video, um, or in person. Um, if you're also out of state, there's a chance that I would get licensed in your state. So we can talk about that. Um, and then I have my more active Instagram is at Dr. Amy Frugé DPT, which I'm sure Chelsea can link, but it's dr.amy.frugé.dpt. Um, and then you can usually find me like at the crag or, you know, around climbing and stuff. And uh, I like talking to people. So come holla. <laughs> yes. Oh, this was so great. Yeah. You and I, we think very similarly about a lot of things. And this was just, I think, so refreshing to hear that, hey, there actually are things that you can do that can help prevent injuries that aren't necessarily, you know, more PT exercises. It's being a lot more conscious of the the position that you're holding your body in. And I really think we all need that after, you know, the last year and a half that we've had. Yes, I totally agree. And Um, you know, if somebody knows that they need like support in their neck sleeping, I sell cervical pillows. Um, if somebody knows that they need lumbar support when they're driving, because you're having like glute pain, leg pain, whatever else, whenever you're driving, um, or sitting or, you know, throughout your work day, I sell lumbar pillows as well. Um, you can just come in and grab one from me. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the postural things that we kind of gave as helpful take homes were when you get in your car, sit upright, adjust your lumbar support, put your head against the headrest and then adjust your mirrors so that you keep it. Yeah. As far as the psychosomatic pain or the pain that is, uh, of more of like a mental or emotional aspect or, you know, stress level. Um, I say, check out Chelsea's brain rewiring, check out the EFT tapping. Um, I think those were the main takeaways we had in there. 
That was great. That was a great summary. Yeah, you. I mean, you you just did my job there. That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, great. and we'll link. Tell your everything. assistant to fill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, we'll link to everything in the show notes as well. And thank you so much, Amy, for coming on. This was super helpful, and it, I know you. it's really going to resonate with a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. I love what you do. So I'm stoked to be on this podcast with you and stoked to chat with all these listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much to Amy for coming on the show. I seriously enjoyed this conversation so, so much. And if you are in her area and want to go check out her services, make sure you click the link in the show notes to where you can connect further with her. And if you haven't yet left a rating and a review of the show, I would really appreciate if we, you would take the time to go do that. It helps me a ton. It helps other listeners find the show and it helps me learn what you want to learn more of and what direction to take the show. We talk about a ton of different topics on here, so for me, being able to narrow it down to what's actually helping you is really key and really helpful for me. So it's super easy. All you do is go to iTunes, you scroll to the bottom where there you can read all of the ratings and reviews, and you push see more, and you can write your own rating and review, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next episode. Thank you.